Let us pray. From generation to generation, you have made yourself known. Speak to us in this moment so we may delight in your living word and respond in joyful service. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. What a joy it is to be celebrating the 150th anniversary of First Presbyterian Church in Hickory, North Carolina. Now things have certainly changed over the last 150 years. I was looking through the church's history in preparation for today and I saw that back in the early days of the church, the session became very concerned about a shifting moral landscape Congregants were, and I quote, drinking intoxicating spiritous liquors to excess, and they were dancing and playing cards and even opening their mail on Sundays. <laughs> well, the session would call out such ruinous behavior, and contrite sinners would go before the session and repent of their moral failings in order to be restored to membership. Word is that at least one member, after being censured by the session, instead of repenting, chose to become Jewish instead. <laughs> I didn't make that up. <laughs> Times have changed, of course, and most of the things that incited the wrath of the session in the 19th century are no longer scandalous today. In fact, the pastors, the former pastors gathered together for a dinner at Beth's house last night and I heard Beth mentioning today that they had cleaned out her wine collection. <laughs> and I can only imagine how those early elders would have responded to our swingers class or the nitwits and happy hookers. There, there would have been some conversations, I'm, I'm sure. Times have changed. And yet, in some ways, they haven't changed all that much. Our ancestors felt like the world was turning, the ground was shifting beneath their feet, and they were trying to figure out how to live faithfully in a world that would not sit still. Well, the world still won't sit still. And whether in large or small ways, we are still trying to figure out how to live faithfully in the midst of swirling change. And that's what this reading from Jeremiah is about. How to live through times of change, times of uncertainty 
endings and beginnings. Jerusalem had fallen and all the best and brightest in Israel had been dragged off into exile in Babylon. It's, it's hard to describe the magnitude of this disaster. When Jerusalem fell, the people lost not only their homes, not only their government, but also their temple, their religion. Some even say they lost their God. They lost everything. Strangers in a strange land and far away Babylon, the people were tempted by three great things. The first was the temptation to despair, to just give up, to think that they had been abandoned and forgotten, and so to give in to hopelessness or bitterness. The second great temptation was nostalgia, to look backwards, to, to keep their bags packed, to refuse to live in the present. And the third great temptation was isolation, to look out only for themselves and, and shut their doors to the rest of the world. The reading for today is a letter from the prophet Jeremiah sent to the people in exile in Babylon. And in it, he directly challenges these great temptations to despair and nostalgia and isolation. He tells the exiles to build houses, plant gardens, get married, have children. In other words, go on living. Do not give up. Do not give in. Do not let despair take a hold of you. Plant seeds. Live with hope. And that also means unpack your bags. Settle in. You don't build houses and, and plant gardens and marry and have children for the short term. You're going to be here a while. There's no going back, or at least the only way back is forward. So get busy living into this new reality. Don't give in to despair or nostalgia. Force yourself out of bed. Put one foot in front of the other. Build houses, plant crops, have children. Keep on living, and slowly hope will come to life in you again. And then the prophet says this. Seek the welfare of the city, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. The word welfare here is shalom in Hebrew, which means peace and wholeness. Seek the peace and wholeness of the city, for that's where you will find your peace and wholeness. Don't cut yourself off. Don't try to build a pious ghetto. Don't grow lazy and bitter feasting on us versus them thinking. Your peace and their peace are all tied together. In saying this, Jeremiah is calling to mind an even more ancient story, the story of their great ancestor Abraham, who was called from his home far away, called and blessed by God so that he could become a blessing to all the nations. Blessed to be a blessing. The whole Bible is really the story of the people of Israel and the church trying to live out that calling, that we are blessed in order to bless others, that if we hoard life, we lose it. And if we give it away, we get it back. It seems appropriate to me to remember this story today 
as we celebrate the 150th anniversary of this congregation. There are many ways to read the story of First Presbyterian Church, but here's one. It's the story of a people who time after time faced change and who did not succumb to the great temptations of despair or nostalgia or isolation, but instead remained faithful and hopeful and loving, blessed and determined to be a blessing to the world. When you leave the sanctuary today, on your way to the Fellowship Hall, you'll notice something new. A timeline of the church has been installed. It stretches the length of the ramp from the gathering space to the Fellowship Hall, 150 years, year by year by year. Some of the ministers sitting in front of me figure very prominently on that timeline. I've only been here eight months, so I show up at the very end of the timeline, the very edge, and I'm trying not to take it personally that the arrow by my name seems to be pointing to the exit sign above the door. <laughs> I'm sure that's a coincidence. You can see so many key moments and key folks in the life of this congregation on that timeline. Gibbs' mission in 1875 and the little white church in 1878. That was the sanctuary before this sanctuary was built in 1906. And I do have to say this, the description of the location of that little white church in our history is the most hickory thing ever. Here it is. The building, which was located near the railroad tracks on the northwest corner of South Center Street at Main Avenue Place, has since been torn down. There is now a marker which indicates the location in the parking lot of what used to be Fresh Air Galaxy Grocery. <laughs> that is peak hickory. <laughs> Keep scanning that timeline. The Earnest Workers Aid Society in 1887, all the good they did. Foreign mission work starting all the way back in the 19th century. Boy Scout troops and pipe organs, building campaigns and youth events, community service programs and church plants, cooperative Christian ministry and the soup kitchen, mental health and hospice offices, refugee resettlement and Good Samaritan ministry, mission trips and congregational retreats, Stephen ministry and Safe Harbor, the new Kairos worship service, the playground in honor of Frida Caldwell, on and on and on. On it goes. How many children and youth have had the seeds of faith and hope and love planted in them right here? How many people have been cared for and prayed for in this place? How many hands have gripped these pews, whether in joy or in grief, and found hope and healing here? How many people have found a home? a place of welcome, a place where they can worship and learn and question and wonder right here. How many organizations that seek the welfare of the city of Hickory exist because of this congregation? All along that timeline, the world was changing. 
All along that timeline, there were temptations to despair or nostalgia or isolation, to give up or give in, to turn around, to look inward, to look back. But in the end, by the grace of God, the saints of First Presbyterian Church resisted those temptations. They sought the welfare of the city. They trusted the Spirit was at work doing a new thing. They built houses and planted gardens and got married and had children, all in the midst of swirling change, all without guarantees about what was next, just faith and hope and love and an ancient call ringing in their ears that we are blessed to be a blessing. Most Sundays after our sanctuary service, you can hear the church bell ringing out. Now it's my understanding that that church bell is the same bell from the little white church so long ago. It stretches back almost to the beginning. And you know, when we ring it today, it is almost always a child's hands on the rope. I don't think you could ask for a better symbol than that. Connected to our past, looking to our future, every time it rings, may it be a reminder of the loving and liberating work of God in and through this community for 150 years. May it also be a reminder of our sacred calling for the next 150 years to resist the temptations of despair and nostalgia and isolation, to live with faith and hope and love instead, to seek the welfare of the city, to be blessed so that we can be a blessing to all the world. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen.